This is the EC Podcast, by and for emerging conservation professionals. This week's episode, Odd Jobs and Internships. Hi, my name is Liz Bear, and I'm in the paintings program. I'm Jenny, I'm in the glass and ceramics program. My name is Anna-Sophie Hammers, and I'm in the technical artistry program. I'm Erica, and I'm from the Contemporary Art Department. And I'm Nikitasha, and I'm also from Paintings. Today, we're going to be talking about odd jobs and internships that we've all had. We're calling odd jobs jobs that aren't directly related to conservation and are paid. And internships can be paid or unpaid, but they are directly related to conservation. So first off, did anybody have any internships lined up for this summer? Not yeah, I did. You did? What happened? Um, it is still not decided because the Netherlands still hasn't decided if it's going to open again in August. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yeah, yeah. I tried getting internships, but oh. by the time that I had started the process, everything was already closed. Yeah. So I was basically planning to just work, but I don't think that's going to happen either. So so where was your internship going to be Nikita at the Rijksmuseum but they are opening first of June oh yeah so I am still in talks with the painting department curators and um, they asked me to email them after the 15th of May because then they'll have a better idea Um, (laughs) all the best all the best so all of us have had odd jobs kind of start with uh, Jenny. What odd jobs have you had? Yeah, so basically I was just working in the service industry through school just to kind of like support myself. So I think I did that for like five years, three of those bartending, and then I took two years of chemistry classes to get ready for conservation, so I was doing it through that as well. So you did it while you were in your undergrad in during the school year and yeah. the summers? Mm-hmm. Yeah, so it's pretty much full-time as much as you can be as a student. And then on the side, I was like selling like embroideries and drawings and stuff. Oh, that's great. How long have you been doing that? I mean, I went to an art school, so for a really long time, I guess. So it's just kind of like something I do in my free time, makes me feel good. And, you know, if you can make money off of it, why not? I'm trying to learn embroidery as well, but I only know how to make like a single leaf and that's it. Get there. You'll get there. It's good. <laughs> and then, and Sophie, you've also done odd jobs, I know. Yes. So in high school, I worked at a bakery of a supermarket and this lasted until my first year of university. And then I started as a waitress, which I hated. <laughs> I only did it for eight months. And then I started working at the Rijksmuseum in the front office. So it's uh, the cash register, the information desk. And I really love it. My colleagues are the best. They come from different places. So I work with artists, but also with people who don't have an interest at all in art. So it's really fun. <laughs> and how long have you been doing that for? Uh, for three years now. Wow. Yeah. Quite some time. <laughs> well, that's great because it you still stay in the same sphere as art and conservation, but make some money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and it's also easy to contact people. Like if I need someone for my research or something, I can just email them with my Rice Museum email address and they're like, oh yeah, I can help you. <laughs> oh, that's great. Which is nice. I did a few odd jobs as well. Again, a lot were in food and bev. I think that that's pretty common. 
I never was a server, but I was a hostess a lot in a lot of different restaurants. And it's the worst job that you can have there. But uh, in addition to that, when I lived at home before coming here, I worked at a rubber molding factory for a year, which was very different from anything that I'd ever done before. But I actually thoroughly enjoyed. And one of the things I was very conscious of while I was doing that was that I was working trim, which is where you inspect pieces to make sure that they're perfect. And it was kind of helping keep my eye good for conservation, or at least that's what I told myself. I mean, that's <laughs> totally relevant for contemporary art. I mean, we had a whole course and yeah. lecture on how plastics are made, how thermoplastics and uh, thermosets, yeah, how, how they're like formed and molded. So dang, I, I wish I did that instead. So what I've done have you done, Erica? I didn't really have any odd jobs, but I guess when I realized I wanted to do conservation, I quit my previous permanent job. And in between that and taking like chemistry courses, I did a month of personal assistant job for a movie director back home in Hong Kong, which was fun. It was very short, but it was fun. Did you like being a personal assistant? Well, actually I was more of like the assistant of the PA of the movie director. So it was like, um, but it was interesting. There was something conservation related because they would ask me to do some archiving stuff, like, but it's more like archiving paperwork. It's something. Nikita, have you had any odd jobs? Yeah, coming to think of it, like I've had so many different odd jobs or internships or stuff, volunteer stuff, as you would call it. Like I used to intern for a printing company and that's where I learned the whole color matching and how to calibrate your monitors to the actual print product. And I just realized last month during our classes that it is really helpful knowledge to have for conservation. <laughs> and they also taught us packaging and um, I used to work for an advertising firm. I used to be a copywriter. And that is also helpful in the conservation field, writing crisp condition reports. So I think all my experiences have like led me to this. I don't know, maybe it's the call of the universe or whatever, but. So you mentioned internships. Just out of curiosity, how many internships has everybody done? Just one. One or two. The second one was more of like a temporary position, but. It was for six months, so I guess it would count more as an internship. Nikita, I know you've done a lot. Yeah, I have done quite a few, some really long and some really short. I think I've done about four or five internships. Yeah, I've probably done three or four. Has anyone done a paid internship, the Holy Grail? Yes. yes. <laughs> ah, I'm very jealous. <laughs> <laughs> All right, let's start with Anne-Sophie and then Nikita and then Erica. So Anne-Sophie, what can you tell us about uh, the internships you've done, specifically the paid one? Yeah, so I did my internship at a bank. It's called Van Lanschot Gemper. They are also in Amsterdam and they are more focusing on private banking and they have a lot of rich clients and they invest in art. Uh, so I was head of the art department. That was my internship and they paid me quite well. <laughs> I can't complain about that, but yeah, it was really nice. It was more preventive conservation. So about uh, relative humidity in the storage space, but also in the buildings they were hanging and uh, exhibited. Um, and it was really fun because every week was different. I uh, was visiting a lot of places. So I went to Groningen, I went to 
the office in Amsterdam, but also in Eindhoven, Maastricht. So I was all over the country. <laughs> no, but it was a really interesting internship. It made me realize that I didn't want to do that in my future. <laughs> That's such an interesting way to get into conservation or just like an internship related to conservation. I've never once thought about a bank having to have that. How did you find out about it? I was looking for an internship because I really wanted to have some experience in the field. So I expanded my uh, studies with one year and I was looking on LinkedIn <laughs> and I just found that they uh, were in need of an intern for the art department. So I just replied and yeah, I need to, needed to hand in my resume and um, I had two interviews and that's when they hired me, so. <laughs> uh, and when did you do that internship? Was it part of your school year or? Yeah, I did it in February, 2018 until July, 2018. Was that at the same time that you were in school? Yeah, I just had one course. So I decided to do it next to it. So I had one day of lectures and four days of internship. And besides that, I had to work at the Rights Museum as well. So it was busy. <laughs> uh, Nikita, what was your internship in? Or one of your many internships? <laughs> um, after I decided that I'm going to get into conservation, um, most of my internships or uh, short-term jobs have been related to art conservation. I'm very fortunate to be in that field where I've been getting the opportunities in the field. And I usually get them, uh, get my internships with private conservators in India. And I've interned with quite few. It's usually been like word of mouth. Like if somebody likes your work, if one private conservator likes your work and then they refer you to somebody else. So it's not like getting something on LinkedIn, but you do get information about them. And then you can like email them saying, hey, I got your reference from so-and-so. And then they will call you for an interview and then they'll see if they have any jobs for you. So I interned before I got into my previous study program and I was interning with one conservator during my previous study program for almost one and a half years. And she was paying me quite well. What was it like to be with one person for a year and a half? I've never had an internship that long. Uh, so it was also with my studies. So I would go oh, that's rewarding. to her studio on holidays or like weekends because I also needed to sustain myself and she was paying me good enough to for my living expenses. So yeah, like Monday to Friday, I would be at university and then the weekends I would be at her studio working on stuff. So it was quite nice. Like you develop a relationship and now she's more like a friend and a mentor. Yeah. Finding mentors. It's so nice when you meet a good mentor. After I realized I wanted to look into conservation, I had to look for conservation and it was very difficult. Um, and when I finally did found an internship with this museum, the conservators there were actually all expatriates. They were not from Hong Kong and they told me about all these academic programs available internationally I was like wow <laughs> you can actually make a career in this like there's actually a pathway into it and so I'm very very thankful I met them and uh, I'm still in touch with some of them I consider them my mentors on like um, they actually were the ones who pushed me to do a full-on master's degree in conservation rather than settling on something more more manual skills rather than an actual academic degree and can you tell us a bit about the internship that you had in Hong Kong? So I had 
two internships in Hong Kong that were conservation related. The first one was in 2017 with a contemporary art museum that's still getting built. Um, and that really opened up my eyes and my determination to be a conservator. 2018, I spent most of my time studying chemistry. And in 2019 was when I did my second internship with a university library. And so it was more on book and paper. What was really nice about that was because the university actually had older collections of uh, Chinese books uh, and all the threading and whatnot is very different from, um, I guess, Western leather bound books. So that was fun. And how did you find out about the internship? For the first internship, I went directly to the museum website and saw if a conservation internship was available. And it was. And for a solid good six months, I was like, yes, let's do this. Um, the second one was more of um, through direct contact with one of the conservators. I was like, hey, I, I'm really serious about doing a conservation degree. Um, I would like to gain more experience. If you need an extra hand, like, please let me know. I'm, I'm available during these times. Very happy to take whatever on. And they were super nice. Like they even made sure I got paid. I, I didn't even ask for it. And I know, I guess we should be more uh, proactive in asking for these things. But yeah, I, I, I got really lucky. Both of these internships were paid and I was very well looked after by my employers. So, so far we haven't talked at all about the US because you're all from India and Netherlands and China. But um, I've had quite a few internships, none of which have been paid. I've also applied for a lot of internships, none of which would have been paid. Isn't that more like volunteer work? Yes, <laughs> I think that this is pretty common in the US. Jenny, I know that you haven't had an internship, but have you applied and realized this? Oh, yeah. <laughs> I've applied for so many that, like for over several years that I can't even count them anymore. I think one of the main reasons is what maybe what was maybe I didn't get one was that I was applying mainly for the summer internships, which are way, way, way more competitive. But like I was in school, you know, I can't really relocate and I didn't want to put off my studies. So yeah, you know, I just kept trying, kept trying, kept trying. And then I think at one point I just decided to go like the educational route rather than the internship route. And then I think that's when my mind switched to like, okay, maybe I'm going to study in Europe because so many of the American schools require you to have like X plus hours, which is really, really difficult to get because it is super competitive in the States. Yeah, I know somebody that went to the Delaware school and they applied twice and in between their applications, they got denied the first time and then they went and had internships for like eight years and then they got into their master's program. Yeah, and I think a lot of the schools I've heard that Sometimes on principle, they'll just deny you the first time you apply to see if you really want it, kind of like Nikita with your story. Yeah, yeah. So that's kind of like another thing. So there's so many. That's something I actually anticipated with this program. I thought that there was no way I was going to get in the first time because. Oh man, I didn't even think this was a thing, but wow, that, that makes sense, I guess. Shit. Yeah, well, in the internship experiences that the rest of you have had, has it always like is it more often paid or unpaid well i think in india it kind of depends on which company or which private conservator that you are working with some of them pay you quite well and some of them do not pay you quite well but then it's also um it's like a stepping stone to get into something 
that you want to the next step. So you're like, okay, I will make the sacrifice, volunteer or work for a lesser amount that can go on my CV. And then hopefully I'll get a better internship with a better pay next time. So I think that's how it works there. In the Netherlands, I think it depends if you do it from your university. So normally if you apply to an internship because you need to do it from your university, it is unpaid. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, but if you do it outside of university, then actually it is paid. Because we have, I, I forget, is our internship year, fun, it's funded. Yes. But is it funded by the school gives us a stipend or we get paid by whatever institution we're working for? No, the university will fund you. It is quite recent because a few years ago they wouldn't get a, a fund. So they needed to pay it themselves. So actually, then you're working a year for free or two years for free. Great. <laughs> um, I know that there are uh, school programs that do a lot of funding. For example, the NYU conservation program is completely funded. You basically don't pay tuition. Like they give you a stipend so that you can afford to live in New York City and get yourself through the entire program without struggling and having to get a second job and all of that, which is something that I think more programs could definitely benefit from. Uh, but of course, there's the matter of funding. Yeah, but there's also eight years spent to get the required uh, requirements to get into the program. So it kind of balances <laughs> out, don't you think? Yeah. <laughs> My internships were almost all in Wisconsin, which doesn't have too many opportunities for conservation. I had to really, really look. My first one was at the Milwaukee Art Museum where it worked out so well. I got training right away. It was for a summer. It was very casual, but they put me to work. Uh, and then after that, I did my schoolwork and got my undergrad. And while I lived at home, I had two internships, one with the Milwaukee Historical Society, who does not have any conservator on staff. And so I was just there. Basically, I did, Nikita, I did a lot of cleaning. <laughs> I, it was very little conservation work. It was mostly just dusting and mopping and fixing shelves and all of that in the archives, uh, which was actually really informative in terms of preventive conservation because I hadn't had to do that up until that point. So I did a lot of readings just on my own, trying to figure out how that worked, which actually came in handy the last few weeks. <laughs> um, and then the other internship that I had in Milwaukee was with a private conservator, uh, Art CPR is the name of her company. And all I did was I Googled conservation private Milwaukee and then I emailed her and she said yeah sure I can't pay you but I'm happy to have you which that was really interesting because I had never considered private conservation before and I'd never been in a practice and it was so much more intense than museum like you you conserve a lot in a short amount of time because you've got clients and they pay you good money to do so. Uh, I also got to work with materials that I had never used before, like paper, uh, textiles. I got to work on some paintings, which was nice because I hadn't conserved anything since graduating and I was coming into this program. So I really wanted to refresh my memory a bit. 
So I've worked with private conservators and I have worked in museums. Working in the private field is much more challenging because you are expected to do the same things with less amount of money and faster because the private clients that come to you, they don't quite understand um, uh, the nuances of conservation or, you know, like how much time it takes. It's like, okay, you have to clean a painting. How long will that take? So there's like that difference that I see. And I feel like the private field is so much more challenging because you have to know how to market yourself. You have to know business, you have to know accounting. And on top of all of that, you have to know conservation. So it is quite a challenge, I think, for private conservators. And when, when they say, we can't pay you, but we would like to have you, <laughs> it's somewhat understandable. Which is why we have to have the odd jobs, which is why even though I never want to work in a restaurant again, it's not unlikely that I will. Yeah, you still need to take care of yourself too. So it's, it's tough. There are some nice things about working in a restaurant. You know, you, may, you meet interesting people that, I, I mean, I, I lived in Charleston for three months and I worked like two or three restaurant jobs while I was there. That's the only money that I could make because uh, I wasn't going to get a conservation job for three months. Yeah, I, I definitely see the benefit of having it personally. I had a great experience. My coworkers were amazing. Yeah, I think I just got really lucky, but I think it is a really good side job to have. You can kind of cater your hours, which is nice, and you can make decent money doing it. So, yeah. Catering your hours is really important, especially if you're in school or you have a conservation job. I've met professional conservators who have jobs on the side. Did, did they talk about what those jobs were or like? Um, a lot of them try to keep it artistic. So they'll sell artwork on Etsy or some kind of craft trying to build or make things, which I think is really interesting. Conservators in general are pretty creative, I think, even though we're not artists. Mm -hmm. So that feeds part of us that doesn't get satisfied necessarily in the lab working on pieces. Yeah, get out of the conservation bubble. Uh, I think I just want to actually point out like why maybe some of us have decided with the UFA program. Um, and why it's relatively competitive as well is because that final year of the paid internship will give us that extra year to survive with like guaranteed pay. And what's great about it is that if you find contacts and, you know, reach out to a museum that needs a volunteer but cannot afford to pay you, the university will pay for you as long as you can secure that position. And, you know, that could lead to possibilities down yeah, the line. Yeah, I agree. <laughs> yeah, I, I'm very thankful that we're all in this program to be part of that benefit. Thank you for listening to the EC Podcast. For a closer look inside the program, please follow us on Instagram at EC Podcast. And email us any of your questions and comments at ecpodcastxxx at gmail.com. This podcast is edited by Rachel Kreedberg. Our theme song is by Mene van Veldhausen and Paul van Laar. Our logo is designed by Adler Papiernik. If you liked this episode, please leave a review and subscribe.